0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this podcast from Cambridge Health Tech Institute for Next Generation Diagnostic Summit, which runs from August 23rd to the 26th in Washington, D.C. I'm Mona Chandok, an associate producer. We have with us today one of our speakers from the inaugural Health and Wellness Genomics Screaming Symposium, Dr. Jamie Platt, Managing Director at Bridge Genomics. Hi, Jamie. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be speaking to you today. Now let's start with our first question of the day. As the cost of next-generation sequencing drops lower and lower, how do you envision medicine changing?
1: I believe we have to be wary or prudent in assuming that the decreasing cost of next-generation sequencing, or NGS, will have any significant direct impact on medicine and healthcare. And I say this for several reasons, based on our decade of experience with NGS in the clinic. So firstly, the true cost of next-generation sequencing is not always fully represented. For example, in 2014, Illumina announced the first $1,000 genome, which had been the much-anticipated milestone for those in the sequencing community. However, the cost of that genome was not fully burdened and did not reflect the cost of a true clinical genome. So in cost of NGS in the clinic, we must take into account many different factors, including licensed personnel, bioinformatics, clinical annotation, data storage, etc. One of the most important factors in the actual cost of clinical NGS is the overall test volume. So laboratories that receive many samples for testing at the same time have a lower overall cost than those that don't receive very many samples. The announcement of the $1,000 genome was based on a high-volume system model. The Association for Molecular Pathology, or AMP, has done an outstanding job in trying to assist clinical stakeholders in predicting and understanding the true cost of clinical NGS as it pertains to the GSP, or genomic sequencing procedures. And in 2014, AMP initiated a micro-costing and health economic evaluation of several of the GSP CPT codes. And this study, which is now published, has been very useful in really understanding the actual cost of performing clinical NGS. Secondly, experience has shown us that the amount clinical labs actually get paid or reimbursed for NGS-based tests is often much lower than their own direct cost. Again, the volume dependency of testing cost plays a major factor, so the high-volume labs can fare better than low-volume labs. In addition, many payers only pay a fraction of what is published in the fee schedule by CMS. I know of labs that only receive 30% or 40% of the published fee. So for a GSP CPT code or NGS test that is published on a fee schedule as being reimbursed at $600, labs may only receive $180 for testing, and this for a test that is likely to cost them $600. So, thirdly, the FDA regulation of the development of LDTs may have an impact to the cost of clinical labs or CLIA labs, at least with respect to the fact that the price of developing the NGS test will likely increase, even if the cost of running the test does not increase. Finally, I do believe diagnostics and medicine will eventually change as a result of NGS and genomic technologies, but I think this change may not be directly related to the cost, but rather the prevalence and perception of genomic medicine by the public. So a great example is NIPT or non-invasive prenatal testing for Down syndrome and fetal aneuploidies. This largely NGS-based application really took off and saw enormous market growth, not because healthcare and payers embraced the benefits of this testing over existing higher risk and less sensitive assays, but because pregnant women were going into their OBGYNs and demanding the testing. Patients believe in the value of the testing and we're demanding it. It's this type of grassroots effort, along with the commoditization of next-generation sequencing, that I think will have the biggest direct impact on medicine.
0: What are some of the challenges for implementing more personalized medicine in a clinical setting?
1: One of the biggest challenges I see is how to integrate different types of data from different technologies and transform that into information, information that is clinically useful, which means it has to be understood by the clinician and or the patient. Especially with NGS, we are now dealing with massive amounts of data or big data, and in general, the healthcare diagnostic industry has not viewed themselves as being in the information business. Those groups that can successfully execute a paradigm shift internally and move from operating as a service or health care provider to information provider will be the most successful. And I also believe that the use of deep learning and neural networks will become increasingly important in improving personalized medicine. In addition, we see that the regulatory landscape is changing and must change to keep pace with the sheer volume of data and how that data is managed and used, adapting and predicting how to best implement personalized medicine in a highly dynamic regulatory landscape is certainly challenging. Finally, we need to better train clinicians and create medical training programs that focus on current methods, technologies, and the big data of genomics and personalized medicine. Unfortunately, I believe the majority of medical and clinical training programs fall short in really addressing personalized medicine. And most clinicians are simply not trained in how to use, interpret, and really drive personalized medicine with their own patients. So changing the way clinicians are trained is going to be imperative.
0: We are looking forward to Next Generation Diagnostic Summit in general and the Health and Wellness Genomic Screening Symposium in particular. As a speaker and an attendee, what are your goals and expectations for the meeting?
1: Well, these meetings as always are great networking opportunities and I'm always surprised to see the different strategies people are employing and to find out about the unmet needs. So it's really nice in listening to the presentations and these different sessions to see what people are doing to drive personalized medicine. And then also understanding where the gaps still lie. And I think understanding those gaps and how to fill those gaps and bridge the gaps with novel technologies, novel solutions, informatics, is really where I think we get the most scientific insight. So even if it's not directly related to medicine in the clinic, I think, for example, the Health and Wellness Genomic Screening Symposium, that's sort of a new area that's coming out of the clinical NGS area, and I think there will be a lot of interesting topics discussed and certainly looking at the speaker list, there's a lot of wonderful speakers. I think information around nutrigenomics and some of these other topics will be quite interesting, and I think it's good for those that have been very clinically focused to think about some of these other potential applications as they're just now beginning to emerge.
0: Jamie, thank you for your time and your insights today.
1: Thank you. It was a real pleasure. I look forward to the meeting.
0: That was Dr. Jamie Platt from Bridge Genomics. She'll be speaking at the Health and Wellness Genomics Screening Symposium at the upcoming Next Generation Diagnostics Summit, taking place August 23rd to 26th in Washington, D.C. If you'd like to hear from her in person, go to www.nextgenerationdx.com for registration information and enter the key code podcast. I'm Mona Chandhook. Thank you for listening.